0: Back to our time together. We're thankful that you have chosen to study God's Word today and I'm grateful that you're with me. And uh, we're talking about how there's still that pull towards sin even after we become Christian because we, we have the pull of the old nature. Now the idea that that uh, that that old nature can be destroyed. In Romans 6, 6, it says destroyed, and the word means rendered inoperative or made powerless or put out of business. It means that we have no longer an obligation to obey our old sinful nature. And God's answer to the flesh is just one, death. God says we should, the way we should deal with our old nature, and he talks about it, Paul talks about it quite exclusively in Romans chapter 6. And uh, he, he gives us some real insights into it there. And he says, uh, we have died to sin, so how can we live in it any longer? And he goes on to say in verse 5, For if you have been united with him in his death, with a death like his, you will certainly also be united with him of the resurrection. For we know that our old self-life was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by death might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin but for anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Paul is saying that when we trusted Christ, he not only died for us, but in a very real sense, we died with him on the cross. Our old sinful nature was crucified with Christ. And he said, know this, I want you to know this, and that Christ was our representative and he took our place and not only to die for us, but for us to die with him. And this is our position. And the, even though our our the remnants of our sin nature can still operate, our relationship has changed. Our former relationship has been severed. We don't have to submit to the devil's authority. We don't have to yield to the world's pull to sin. We don't have to give in to our old old sinful desires. This speaks of a terminated relationship. It's the picture of a husband or wife who dies, and that severs the relationship. In their own eyes, they may be married still, but they're not married legally because the one is not there. And that's what happens when, when we come to know Christ, we get this new nature. And the Bible says, consider this to be true. Reckon this to be true. By faith, believe that you have the victory which has been wrought by Christ's death on the cross for you and you with him. And your forgiveness is accomplished. But also, your victory is accomplished. And reckon on this fact or, or consider this fact to be true or have faith in this truth. You see, much of Christianity is just believing what God says, and sometimes it's hard to understand what God says. Sometimes it's hard to fathom that it's true what God says, but if I believe what God says, I can experience what God says in my life. And so we have to live this way day by day, moment by moment, when temptation to sin comes our way, when that pull comes, those remnants of the old sinful nature still there, those pathways we once walked down. Maybe we had a problem with alcohol and excessive drinking. Maybe we had a problem with drugs. Maybe we had a problem with immorality. Maybe we had a problem with lying. I don't know. Go on and on and on. You can list any sin you want to. That might have been our problem before we came to know Christ. But once we came to know Christ, we don't have to give in to that. The remnants of that old nature that gave gave opportunity for that sin are still there, but it doesn't have to be. We don't have to let it have its way because we've died with Christ and these hands cannot sin. They've been crucified with Christ. That's what we can say. I I don't have to go that way anymore. I don't have to live like that anymore. I don't have to follow that compulsion anymore. I don't have to go down that path anymore because I have been crucified with Christ. I've trusted him to be my Lord and Savior. I hope this truth will be very meaningful for you because this is a truth that, that very few people can even fathom. It's, it's not easy to even understand how we could be crucified with Christ as well as how he was crucified for us. But we don't have to understand it. All we have to do is believe it. And when we face the pull of sin, we have to realize that sin has no power over us. If we want to yield, we can still yield to sin, of course. We can still give in to temptation, and we sometimes do. But it's because we do not recognize that this pull and this propensity to sin is, is just the remnants of what used to be, and we don't have to live that way anymore. So I pray that this will encourage you and, and help you as you walk with Christ today to realize you are victorious and you have the victory if you just claim it and trust Christ to give it to you. Now I want to answer another question. A question that I think is is really important for two reasons. I think it's important for us to know it for ourselves, and I think it's important for us to understand this about everyone around us who does not know Christ. The question is this. What does it really mean to be lost? Lost, L-O-S-T. Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those which are lost. Luke 19, 10. So We need to understand that if we're to communicate the gospel to others, we have to proclaim it in a way it can be understood. This involves, first of all, that we ourselves know what we're talking about. We understand it for ourselves, we understand the facts of the gospel for ourselves. We have come to grips with it, and now we can share with others the importance of having a personal relationship with Christ. And and how what Christ has done on the cross meets our deepest need. And what do we mean by being lost? Well, we all know uh, what the word lost itself means. It means to be separated from someone, physical lostness. And we can visualize a person who loses his way or is shut off from home. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom and I were in a big department store and I got lost from her. And it was a really sinking feeling. I can still remember that feeling until I found her because I didn't know where she was. I was lost. And to be found is special, and it's a privilege. But also, we, we hate for anything that we have to be lost. Sometimes uh, we, we lose something special to us, a ring, a watch, a billfold. And when something is lost, it's, it's a difficult thing, and we don't like it. And Jesus told three stories about that. He told the story, you remember, about the sheep that was lost and how the shepherd went out to find, even though there were 99 in the fold, he didn't stay in the fold. He went after the one that was lost, and that's what God does for us because he knows we're without direction. And he often talks about us being sheep without a shepherd. Then he talks about the coin that was lost and how the woman Completely turned her house upside down until she found she had ten coins. One of them was lost. She still had nine, but she wasn't satisfied until she found the other one. And the Bible said, "There's as far greater celebration in heaven over one lost person who comes into Christ in Christ than anything else." And the word for "lost" in Luke 19:10 signifies a condition of grave peril, yet with the prospect of recovery. In other words. Even though this is true, there's a possibility that the person is not going to remain in that condition. And and then he describes what it really means to be lost in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And I want us to look at that because I think that will help us to to understand it better than anywhere else. And, And when you think about a person being lost... You need to, to recognize that there are certain things about it. Now we don't use that term much today in the church, or in preaching, but it's still a good it's still a good biblical word because the Bible uses it, and the Bible uses it to help us understand what it really what it really does mean. Now, uh, I want to look at several several things about that, and uh, just uh, first of all. Lost means to be spiritually dead. We find this in Ephesians. For there, he—I'm sorry—he says in verse one of chapter two, "As you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's not working those who are disobedient." He's saying that we were dead toward God. Paul saw the world as a great cemetery. And he saw over every home and every heart without Christ, dead in trespasses and sin. The the lost person is a person who is lifeless toward God. He has no sense to comprehend spiritual things. Neither has eye to see, ear to hear, the power to feel. Paul is saying beyond all human power and strength, there's nothing there to resurrect that person. There's nothing there To bring that person to knowledge, except God reaching down through His Spirit to pull at us and speak to us and cause us to see that. Now, the truth of this is unconsciousness is a characteristic of death. And it's amazing as you look at people today how blinded they are in their minds, the Bible says. And it's because they're dead in Christ. And there's inactivity. A person who's dead has no, their talents and and, and best abilities. Are are dead toward God, and there's decay. There's nothing good or worthy about us, without Christ. And the Bible says we're dead in sin, and the word is hamartia in the Greek, and it's a, it's a shooting word for the for the archer who has his bow and arrow, and he and he pictures a, a target out there of some kind. Maybe he even as a bullseye, and he aims and he shoots, and if he doesn't hit the target then he, 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 he is guilty of hamartia, he's guilty of missing the mark and the failure to, to hit the mark. And that's, that's true. Everybody, the Bible says, who has ever lived, except Jesus, has failed to hit the mark. We've missed the mark. We've all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're also dead in our trespasses. That's pereptimi, which it means a slip or a fall. It's used of a man losing his way, straying from the right road. Slipping from the truth, failing to reach the right goal. That's true of everybody without Christ. Even though they may have financial success and they might have worldly success and they might have fame and fortune, they still have not reached the goal for their life which God has planned for them before the beginning of time. And that's because they are dead toward Him. They don't know what His will is. They don't really care what His will is. They have no desire to know His will or His purpose and be fulfilled by that. And even though they reach all of these goals, this is why so many people who achieve tremendous success in all kinds of parts of life and ways in life, money, fame, fortune, privilege, position, why they're so miserable. That's why they run from one spouse to another, married many times often. That's why they they try this, they try that, they delve in all kinds of strange and unusual religions, but they do not find what they can only find when they become alive in Jesus Christ. And that's what really does matter. Now we're going to pick that up tomorrow and we're going to talk some more about that. So I hope you'll be with me as we continue to talk about what it really means to be lost. God bless you. Have a great day.